Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill Maher. Start the clock. Good afternoon. At the Thank you. That, uh, now you're going to make me miss you more than ever, because, you know, this, this is our last show of the season. That's right. Well, I always take the holidays off to work at uh, Dr. Ben Carson's charity. <laughs> you're familiar? Doctors Without Clues? Yes. Uh, but, uh, of course, we're leaving at a very nervous time for the country and the world. The number of Americans who now say terrorism is the biggest problem we face doubled in the last four days. Wow. Replacing America's previous biggest problem, white girls who wear Pocahontas costumes. <laughs> but, uh, no, there's a lot to be frightened about, that's true, but I'm pretty sure the five scariest words I've ever heard are, Donald Trump has a plan. Yeah. It's... Yeah, after the Paris attacks, Donald Trump is rising in the polls. Republicans think he can do the best job fighting ISIS because he said a few days before the attacks that he was going to bomb the shit out of ISIS. <laughs> and then somebody told him, but Don, we've been doing that for a year. We've dropped 28,000 bombs on them. And Don said, but it's the shit out of them. He also uh, floated the idea of closing down mosques, but he's going to do it his way. Uh, he's going to buy them, uh, turn them into casinos, and slide them into bankruptcy. It's... <laughs> so... <laughs> he also, he kind of walking this back, but he was talking about yesterday, setting up different places across the country for every Muslim to register so they can be tracked. This is going to take... A lot of manpower. Sounds like we're going to have to hire Mexicans. <laughs> uh, hey, you know how I always say that the uh, net uh, immigration number now is zero? Actually, that's only been for the last seven years. It's not that anymore. It's negative. Over the last five years that came out today, a million Mexicans have gone back to Mexico. We're, we're going to need a wall to keep them in. <laughs> You know, you know the guy who parked your car? He's not coming back. So, and, and some people in Mexico are not happy about this. Well, uh, they're drug dealers. Uh, they're rapists. At least that's what I hear on my favorite Mexican morning news show, Fox and Amigos. <laughs> Amigos. Uh, Oh, Fox News. Has anything contributed more to the stupidity of Americans than Fox News? I don't think so. And I'll give you... I'll give you proof, because I'm sure this comes from Fox News. It was reported today that a majority of Republicans, a majority, think unemployment has risen under President Obama. 
It was 7.6 when he got into office. Now it's five. Again, Republicans, that second number is lower. (laughs) Republicans view newspapers like Syrian refugees. Whatever you do, don't let one in your home. (laughs) Are we doing that thing where we groan first? And then decide if we're good people. Don't do that on the last day, because you fucking people are going to make me quit this business. I swear to God. I'm just going to stay on the road where they don't groan, because it's only the assholes who get in for free who groan. (laughs) Can we get the stick out of our ass, please? It's the last show. What are you groaning about? Christ, I hate liberals. But look, Republicans are tripping over each other to try to look tougher on the Syrian refugee issue. Chris Christie? Chris Christie says he wouldn't even let in a toddler. After all, he said, they're known to make a boom boom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, speaking of boom boom, France, they are not fucking around. Have you seen what France is doing? Bombing Syria. Okay, they suspended their constitution. They thwarted another attack, and they killed the ringleader of the Paris attacks. And they didn't... (laughs) How brave of you. Yes, we're against killing ISIS. I'm so glad we're on that page. Uh, But they didn't just kill this guy. They went French chef on his ass. They, They reduced him to a thick sauce. And how about the people of Paris? So defiant. I love this. Sitting outside in bars and cafes in record numbers. They're not ignoring the threat. They're snubbing it. (laughs) And President Francois Hollande told Parisians, he said, never let terror win. Go be with the ones you love and tell them you love them. And then if you have time, drop in on your wives and husbands. (laughs) All right, we got a great show. Christian Freeland, Senator Angus King, and Ben Dominique are here in a little later. Be speaking with Andy Cohen. But first up, he is California's lieutenant governor. That's our state. Who is leading a ballot initiative to bolster our state's gun laws. Gavin Newsom, everybody. Gavin. There he is. Good to see you. One of our favorite guests. Thank you, thank you. Uh, now, you are, uh, you are the lieutenant governor of California. Yes, sir. I was reading your resume before I came out here. That's very impressive. And you've already announced that you're going to be running for governor in 2018? Yeah. Uh, wow, that's... Thank you. Thank you. 2018? That's, I know. That's like three wars from yeah, now. Yeah, well, three wars from now. It's better to be... <laughs> <laughs> you got me on that. Uh, it's better to be candid than coy. I mean, there's nothing worse than politicians that are saying, you know, that know exactly what they're doing, oh. uh, but don't right. tell you what they're doing. So I'd rather just be transparent. And, and, and Governor Brown has said he's not going to run that year? <laughs> Even though this is his fourth term, uh, he is termed out. Yeah, yeah. Finally. I love him, but finally. Yeah. <laughs> You're like Prince Charles. I'm not waiting behind this old bag anymore. But, he, but he's doing, you got to admit it, he's doing an unbelievable job. Uh, oh, I was, in many ways. I was going to try to tick off the yeah. things that he's in just in the last few months. Because, I mean, California, folks, you should be happy you're here if you're liberal. We. That's true. That's true. We. Uh, 
passed a concealed uh, handgun law. Yep. You can't have concealed handguns. Okay, against the grain of most of the country. Yep. Yep. Uh, automatic voter registration. Yep. Right? That's one of them. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Keep going. Illegal I mean, aliens can vote. That was passed. Well, right? Yeah, there, there's um, there's some question about that. So yeah, no, that, right. that one that one will uh, push aside. Assisted suicide. That one we finally passed, okay. which I thought was right. Principle. Um, pregnancy centers can promote abortion. Yep. Right. Uh, <laughs> and hopefully next year, dog groomers. No. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> And uh, the, the, the strongest gender pay gap law in the nation. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, no, we stepped up. And, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Yeah. we are living in a socialist factopia. Yeah. But you know what's interesting about that? And all those things were, were huge accomplishments. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, the biggest accomplishment uh, that goes and flies in the face of conventional wisdom, particularly from the right, is um, for all the progressive values you just uh, enunciated, uh, we haven't been profligate. We've proven you don't have to be profligate to be Surplus, progressive. Surplus, right? We've gone from a $27 billion deficit five years ago now to three years debating the size of the surplus. So I think that's the biggest story about California's turnaround. Uh, and I think it's an important lesson because listening to the Republicans, listening to Fox News and the rest, you'd think raising minimum wage, having paid sick leave, doing universal health care, universal preschool or after school uh, would be a, a recipe for a dystopian outcome. And the reality is it's exactly the opposite. Cities like San Francisco are more vibrant than they've ever been with these progressive values. The state is more vibrant than it's been in a decade plus with these values. And I think we're proving and asserting ourselves uh, in a way that I think uh, will, I think, trans- talk about translate the- to other states. Let's talk about, well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Other states are very different. I mean, you know, when, yeah. now, when you're the governor of this state and then you're the president, it's going to be a little different. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very easy to be Governor Big Balls here in California. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, because you've been out front on a lot of issues. I mean, yeah. you were the first one there on gay marriage. Now you're going to do it on weed. We're going to get to that. Let's talk about the gun one, because yeah. that, I mean, Democrats are afraid of the gun issue yeah, because Al why. Gore lost his own home state in 2000 of yeah. Tennessee when he came out sort of for some sort of gun control. Yeah. Uh, California has it. Donald Trump says if Paris had guns... Yeah. Uh, I know. I just, I mean, this sort of mythology of the, the, the gun, a guy with a gun that's going to come save the day. I mean, it's right. Sort of right out of the movies, sort of this gunslinging fantasy. Uh, the reality is it's most likely to create more harm, more damage, uh, more lost lives uh, in those circumstances. But, you know, really? So if you were in a restaurant and a crazy gunman came in, you wouldn't want to have a gun? Well, I, You'd I, rather just be shot? Well, I, I would hope that the folks sitting next to me that haven't been trained, uh, that don't necessarily don't respond well under stressful circumstances, don't get up and then start pointing the trigger or pointing, pointing a gun and shooting. But hasn't the uh, worst thing already thing. happened? A crazed man, man who's bent on killing everyone. How could it get worse? Yeah, well, I mean, well, it could get worse when you live in a country with 300-plus million guns in a country that the NRA is out there promoting guns yeah. for terrorists. Let me just repeat what I just said. As audacious as right. I said, they believe that everybody deserves a gun, including terrorists. 
From 2007 in this country, we've been trying to close a loophole that deny people that are on the no-fly zone in the United States the ability. Those right. are the folks that can't get on airplanes. The terrorist watch dangerous. list. Yeah. The terrorist watch list. They are still allowed to buy legally. assault weapons legally in this country. 2,000 have in the last decade. And the NRA has stopped that at every single effort, every single attempt. Uh, that's the perversity of the country we live in. But let me give you more. You know, we're in a country where we've had more mass shootings than we've had days of the year. We're on pace to have 390 mass shootings by the end of this calendar year. We've had 52 toddlers, three-year-olds, gunned down in this country. A couple years ago, we had more toddlers shot than police officers in the line of duty. We have got to reconcile this. We've got to get our arms around this. And with all due respect, we've got to take on the NRA. And we've got to take on folks that that are just out there. Seriously. Uh, I, I don't, and you got to have the guts to do it. I don't even give the NRA due respect. No, I wouldn't say that no, to them. No, you can't. Enough. So, so, okay, so a lot of the governors around this country do not want Syrian refugees in their state. They've yeah. made that plain. Uh, if you were the governor right now, what would your position on refugees? Well, we've been, we've been accepting Syrian refugees in California. We have 252. Uh, without incident for over the last couple of years. We've accepted tens of thousands of refugees over the course of the last few decades that have assimilated extraordinarily well in California. One thing we're not going to do is we're not going to play the politics of fear. We're not going to turn our back on people uh, that have been persecuted, turn our back on people uh, that have been threatened by terror. We're not going to sort of play the xenophobic game of trying to one-up Republican governors. And we're certainly not going to... But what subscribe. is the number? You say 252. Well, it's not, and then it's 11% of, 11% of the, the, what the country's so far. And we've got... He wants to put 10,000. California will do its okay. part. But there is some number that would be too many, right? Germany wants to accept upwards of a million. Would that be too many? Yeah, I mean, perhaps. But the bottom line is whatever we do, whatever the number is, it's a vetting process. And right now it takes 18 to 24 months to be vetted. And 50% of people have been rejected in this country of the two thousand that we have allowed in Uh, the vast majority are women and children and seniors Uh, and so with respect what's amazing to me about this debate bill and it really is amazing is the idea that terrorists need to wait two years to be get asylum status versus just getting a plane ticket and getting on an airplane right because we have a visa waiver program in this country sure. 20 million people take advantage of. The terrorists in France and Belgium were national uh, or citizens of France sure. and Belgium, and they could come over. We want to close that loophole. Okay. Senator Feinstein's got so, a bill to do that. 2016, weed is on the ballot? Going to be on the ballot. You're for that. We, uh, it's long overdue to tax and regulate for adult use marijuana. This came about from a blue ribbon commission. Yeah, which Why was I not years. on it? Because <laughs> we knew your position well in advance. Will it pass this time? I think it will pass. Ohio was badly crafted legislation that was monopolistic. And Ohio did not have a medical system in place like Colorado, Washington, Oregon. California's had a medical system since 1996, a mature system. Uh, and I'm absolutely confident that we can do it in the right way and we'll give the voters of California the opportunity to do it next Final time. question. El Nino's coming. Will it solve our drought problem? It's not going to solve it in one year. No? I wish it would. Oh. But the hots are getting hotter, so the colds are getting colder, the wets are getting wetter, and that's a, a reason that perhaps the most important meeting that's happening in the next month in this... Uh, is out there in Paris with the climate talks, and we got to get serious about climate change. All right. Well, thank you for coming on, Governor. I mean, Lieutenant Governor. (laughs) All right, Gavin Newsom, say hello to our panel.
How are you, everybody? All right, he is the publisher of the online magazine The Federalist and host of the Federalist Radio Hour, Ben Dominich. How are you doing, Ben? Good, Good to be here. Thanks Did I say that wrong? <laughs> I'm so sorry. He represents the state of Maine in the U.S. Senate, where he serves of the Armed Services and Intelligence Committee. Senator Angus King. Senator, how you doing? And she's a Canadian member of Parliament for University Rosda. Rosita. That's Rosedale. Your dis- that- Rosedale. Rosedale. That's your district. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. Who was recently named Minister of International Trade. Wow. Congratulations to Christian Freeland. Thank you. All right. Remember to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and send us your questions for tonight's overtime so we can answer them after the show on YouTube. All right. I have many questions about what was going on last week. We were on just as the news from Paris broke. Uh... Now we've had a little time to think about it. I'm going to try to hit a lot of points. Let's start with this. We hear a lot about how we need more war. Uh, Donald Trump wants to bomb the shit out of them. We, are, we have dropped 28,000, I mentioned that, uh, 8,243 raids, 60 bombs a day. Um, how many more would work? Bill, how many more would change more, things? More war is exactly what ISIS wants. Right. They even have a term for it. They say there's a gray area between Muslims who live in harmony with people from the West. They want to eliminate that. They want to make it us against them. They want a war between the West and Islam. And to the extent we give them that, it's a gift. Okay. So uh, we went to Afghanistan to root out jihadists, right? Now there's more than ever. Went to Iraq when there weren't jihadists there, just in case they came there. Now there's a lot of them there. Yemen, same thing. Uh, t- would someone who wants more war just tell me when has more military intervention ever defeated terrorism? Because I can't think of an example. Well, I think in this case you're seeing, to your point, a situation that has played out over the course of a number of years in a lot of negative situations. We've seen the lessons taken away from the experience in Iraq, as Tony Blair said just most recently, ISIS would not be where it is today if you had not removed Saddam as a dictator, in his opinion. What we learn time and again is that these bullies who exist on a local level, bullies like Gaddafi, bullies like Saddam, they are actually a buffer between us and these radicals. And I think that, unfortunately, as sad as it is, you have to be realistic about this situation, which is that we can't be the policemen of the world. So that means keeping Assad, right? It does. It does, in my opinion, mean keeping Assad. I I don't agree with that. Assad is ISIS's evil twin. They're they're in existence in large measure because of Assad. And I think, guys, we have to be a little bit careful sitting here in comfort in L.A., preaching to the people around the world that they have to continue to be ruled by authoritarian, murderous but, dictators. But are you like, going and, to take them out? Way, no. Are you but, going but, to but, spend no, the blood? But, but what I am saying, Ben, what is happens? what we also have to understand is people power is real. This is the technology age, and dictators around the world are being taken out not by us, but by revolutions by their own but, people. That is a well, that, geopolitical not, reality. That's not really true. Because it has it was, happened. Well, that, there was a big revolution in Egypt in 2011. And what happened? A guy took over, and then they had an election, and the Muslim Brotherhood took over, and the people decided, well, the army's even better than that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there aren't good choices. People yeah, but, power but, would be exactly. a lovely but the point, idea. The point, Just, I'm, the point I'm making, Bill, is we have to accept that the choices are not all our own. But, and we have to accept but, that the right. world is when no longer a chessboard where we get to decide. Between bad and worst, between bad and worst, in the situation that, look, 
Was Saddam bad? Of course he was. Was Gaddafi bad? Of course he was. Is Assad bad? Of course he is. But is the worst is the right. worst case scenario? A, 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 a I'm not arguing that the invasion of Iraq was right. I'm trying to get to your point about about not dictating because I think a lot of Americans are myopic about really every issue. So when they talk about Muslims, they think about American Muslims, which there are six million of. There's another billion and a half around the world. And to be an American Muslim is a pretty good deal. If you want to leave the religion, you can. It's sort of a boutique Muslim experience. <laughs> and I would also as say... Is, as is ISIS. ISIS is a sect of a sect of a sect. I mean, they're a boutique within okay. Islam as well. But, but just to finish on this for one second about American Muslims. Okay. I think that Islam is a problem. But I don't think American Muslims are the problem. That is not the squeaky wheel that needs the oil in this problem. And Yes? And that's not the reason why I think you see this opposition currently among the American people to bringing in these refugees. It's not because of xenophobia about Muslims. It's because they don't trust their government to be able to tell good ones from bad ones when you're bringing them in. Just think about this for a second. If you brought in 65,000 refugees, as Hillary Clinton wants to do, you have, even if you're right 99.99% of the time, you've still got six guys who come in who have terrorist inclinations. You look what they just did with eight. Look what they just did with ten. But, but you were just talking with, with Gavin Newsom about the, the visa waiver program. Focusing all this attention we've had this week on the, on the Syrian refugees, and I think they, it's, a, it's a serious vetting situation, 18 to 24 months. Perhaps it should be even more serious given the instability of the region. But the real problem is the visa waiver program. You know how many entries there were to the United States last year under the visa waiver program? 20 yeah, million. You mentioned that. 20 million. It's attacking the Syrian refugee problem and ignoring that is like attacking Brazil after Pearl Harbor. It, it's, a, it's a vigorous response, but it's the wrong target. Yeah, I, I think yeah. we all agree on that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They're not, it's not the squeaky wheel. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, and I think it's important with the refugees, it's really important to remember what is happening there and what our response says about us. In Canada, our platform commitment for us, we just had an election, was that we will admit 25,000 Syrian refugees to Canada by the end of the year. And that, yeah, it's good. And that was, that and was that, in, your, in your campaign? That was, that was in our platform, and we won a landslide majority. And I think it was partly because of that commitment, and we are working hard to do that. And what we are saying to Canadians is the Syrian refugees are not the terrorists. They are the victims of terror. But, and our response is what is but, going to define us as a country, and it is going to have a contribution but, to what is happening in the Middle East. When people see countries like Canada, countries like Germany opening their doors, what we are saying to ISIL is you are not going to define who we are, and you are not going to make Muslim people feel that we are hostile Bill, you know, to them. Do you know the definition of a Canadian? A Canadian is an unarmed North American with health insurance. That's a Canadian. <laughs> Um, We're neighbors. Again, <laughs> I can see to Canada. The, to the point that state. there's a difference between American Muslims and their experience and Muslims around the world. I think, you know, we here in the West experience occasional terrorism, as bad as it is. Mm -hmm. Muslims around the world experience everyday terrorism. Yes. I'm talking about the wife whose husband can beat her with impunity, the gay person who, if he comes out, will be put to death the maid who can be raped with impunity. 
the intellectuals in the Muslim world who would like to speak out, but they see bloggers getting killed, or the artists who would like to paint what they want and they can't. Mm -hmm. I don't know why liberals can't stand up for those people. Those are the Muslims on whose side you should be. They're the ones who are being punished by radical Islam, which is what this is. And it's important to understand that. We are standing up for those people. That's why it's important to be supportive of the Syrian refugees. But the best way to be supportive of the Syrian refugees is to kill the people who are killing them and let them go back home. And by the way, the only way ISIS is going to be defeated ultimately is by a Muslim army. It's yeah, I agree with that. But but yes. let's not, let's I not strongly forget, agree with that. No, no, I saw this today in the news on TV. Fifty-six percent of Americans believe that the Syrian refugee refugees have odds that are at values are, are at uh, their values are at odds with our values. Um, that may not be wrong. Uh, if if you are in this religion you probably do have values that are at odds. This is what liberals don't want to recognize. Uh, You may be from a country, as there are many, many Muslim countries, that either have Sharia law or want Sharia law. Those values are not our values. Can I read what David Cameron said? He's the prime minister of uh, of Britain, as we know. He said, uh, the root cause of the threat we face is the extremist ideology itself. Let's not forget our strongest weapon, our own liberal values. We believe in respecting different faiths, but also expecting these faiths to support the British way of life. Too often we have lacked the confidence to enforce our values for fear of causing offense. And then he talks about the horrors of forced marriage. He talks about how the utter brutality of female genital mutilation is too common in his country. Nearly 4,000 cases, and that's just the reported cases. 11,000 cases of honor-based violence. I'm not saying this is going to happen in America, but this idea that somehow we do share values that all religions are alike is bullshit. And we need to call it bullshit. No, I... I I actually strongly disagree with that, Bill. I think that it is incredibly important, particularly now after the Paris attacks, particularly now with ISIL raging around the world, to stand up for real diversity and to say our diversity is our strength. So keeping women as second-class citizens is just diversity? I'm not saying that. But But you are saying that. No, I'm not. That's what it comes down to. No, I'm not. What I'm saying is we in in Canada are not going to say Muslims are worse than Christians or are worse than Jews or are worse than atheists. The ideas are worse. No, and (laughs) and their culture is not worse. And we also appreciate that ISIL does not represent Muslims. And it's now more important there's than ever to say that and to stand up either. for diversity. Look, there's, there's 1.5 billion Muslims. Surely we can agree that there is a portion of them, a portion that does number in the millions. If you, if you take these pew polls on the popularity of ISIS... If it's one-tenth of one percent, it's 1.6 million. But in Turkey, it's, it's 8%, and that's a, uh, of a country of 75 million people. Let's assume that's okay. the but, sake but of argument. That's so wait a second. You're saying that's 8%. 8%. Of like, how many people? Of 75 million. I can't do math. Six. Okay. <laughs> Six million people agree with ISIS, and you're telling me it's the same as our culture? Our culture is a very diverse one, and I think now it is incredibly it's dangerous a... and very wrong to persecute uh, Muslims and we're not say there is something Bill, wrong with is, being a this Muslim. This is a leap. Bill, I, th- I think Cameron's right. We've got to stand up for our values and not say that we're going to tolerate something that, that 
in our culture, we don't accept. On the other hand, one of the, one of the tricks, one of the things that ISIS is up to is to try to get us to clamp down on all Muslims regardless of who they are, where they are, and push them into the ISIS camp. We, yeah. I had a Muslim girl that was a foreign exchange student that lived in our house for, for, for a year, four years ago. She was the most peaceable soul in the world. She prayed five times a day. She didn't even know about September 11th, couldn't figure out why those guys would do such a thing. So I don't want to push her away. I, but, but I don't think you push her away. Because this is just, this is just an elite piety. But there's no difference between these two things. No, and, and you're right about that. But just no, think of what, what you're what, saying. Are you guys saying the Muslim faith is by definition worse than other people's No, no I'm saying that there's a difference yes, between the radicals. The idea is, <laughs> if six million people in a supposedly yes. moderate country agree with ISIS, you know, I read this article recently. It was attacking me about my beliefs on such things. And they said, oh, Bill, you paint with too broad a brush. What about in Indonesia, the moderate country of Indonesia, which most of it perhaps is. And then they went on to say only 18 percent believe in honor killings. Yes. Really? So one out of five people in the, in the country that you're holding up as the moderate country believes if a woman is raped, we blame and kill her? Okay. But and Bill, the problem Bill, with Bill, Islam is... You spend most of your show pointing out the dumbness of Americans. You know, if you look well, at opinion Dumbness polls, is a little different than... No, seriously. I mean, it, it, it is very, very wrong to demonize a religion. The, I'm not demonizing. I'm just reporting. But, you are making it a demonization. But, but the challenge is, how do you take that 80% and have them squash the 18, exactly. the idea exactly. of the 18. Mm -hmm. Okay, but think about it. And you what don't you... do it by saying to them Muslims are bad. But you're not saying Muslims I'm not... are bad. Right. You are saying that. You... We're Ooh. saying the ideas need to be changed. You're and saying by their the way, ideas are bad? Uh, killing women for being raped, I would say, is a bad idea. <laughs> that... Yeah, I do. <laughs> Hang me for it. You know what? Also, I mean... Today, Bill, so, Bill, the so, Bible says an eye for an eye. But we don't listen to the Bible. So, and very many Muslims don't listen many, to these extremes. But we positions. just went through some numbers that said an alarming number do. You went so through it, opinion polls. Opinion polls? Yeah. That's what you were just so saying. So they're all lying to the opinion no, poll? But they're actually I'm, telling... I, I'm saying we, we, we don't need to say an entire religion and the people who believe in it... We're not saying we're an not. entire religion. Yeah. We're saying there's a radical portion of this religion that takes these ideas and uses them as they fuel to crush people and to kill people and that that is something that needs to be squashed for the and sake of... And that there is an organization. But look, that statement is very... That is obviously true. But it is really important now more than ever for us to be standing up for moderate Muslims. And That's what I'm trying to do. That's what I'm trying to do. You are, you, I mean, there are a lot of Muslims who agree with me. I had one on last week, Astra Nomani, and she says the exact same thing. She said, people like you are the problem because they close off a debate that we need to have. Exactly. She said, you know, when I was a child, I would like to have gone out and talked about this with you, but I couldn't leave the house unless I was accompanied by a male guardian, and we couldn't have a drink because I wasn't allowed to do that either. I'm for her. Who are I, you Bill, for? No, I am absolutely for her. I am absolutely for her. But okay. I am saying now, at a time when some people are talking about things like only admitting Christian Syrian refugees, it is really but important to stand up keep for... Mind. I, I, keep okay. in mind. I, 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 I'm sorry, but it's time for a comedy bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what more perfect segue. <laughs> now, as I mentioned, this is our last show of the season. And uh, as always, when we are about to go away, we predict what the headlines will be. Because, you know, a lot of people get our news from this show. Uh, so uh, we will be back on January 15th. We will be covering the entire political year from the Iowa caucuses right through to the inauguration of President Ted Nugent. Um, <laughs> but here are the headlines you will see while we are off. 2015, hottest year ever. Republicans claim thermometers just a theory. <laughs> Chris Christie names own ass as running mate. <laughs> McDonald's promises to stop using strange ingredient that isn't food. Uber drivers to offer outpatient medical procedures. <laughs> I think that actually will happen. Man buys crap at yard sale that turns out to be slightly rarer crap than you'd imagine. <laughs> Volkswagen admits Jetta, Nazi code word for vengeance car. <laughs> Scientists say salt, once thought good for you, then bad, then good, then bad, then good again, now definitely bad. Lamar Odom struggles to remember why he married narcissistic white girl. <laughs> Campus activists demand apology. For what? To be determined later. Yes. <laughs> Rachel Dolezal stopped by police, asked to re-identify as white. <laughs> Jeb Bush flat out offers other candidates money to quit. <laughs> and Donald Trump's biological father speaks out. I just want to see my boy, says Boba. <laughs> okay. He is the host and executive producer of Bravo TV's Real Housewives and the author of the Andy Cohen Diaries, A Deep Look at a Shallow Year. Andy Cohen is over here. Great to be had. I appreciate it. Uh, now, I, I, I hope it's okay that you're here on such a, a, a day where we're so, you know. I know it's a little bit of a downer. I know. <laughs> yes. I, I, no, I know I'm happy to be here any really day. Your beat, but you were a producer of news, right? I was for we 10 tape, years at right, CBS we, News. We tape at CBS. Yes, right? we do. It right. still smells the same in it this does. building, actually. What is that smell, Andy? It's like a, It's like my elementary school. I yeah. can't describe it. Yes. So, uh, I know your mother says that you, she's a fan of this show, but didn't she, want you to do it because she, she didn't think you were smart enough? That is true. That does not sound like a Jewish mother. No, I know. She's the ultimate Jewish mother. You are her favorite. This uh, is her favorite. Yeah. And she doesn't think that I have the uh, intellectual capabilities to be on the show. There, was about a, there were many days that I wrote about in the book where she would say to me, listen, I had a really sleepless night. I am begging you, don't go on the Bill Maher show. And I said, Mom, it's not not an issue. They're not calling. They've not asked me to be on the show. <laughs> so don't worry. No, this we, was before the call. That's not true. We always wanted you on the yeah. show. You're just the most busy man in show oh, business. Oh, thank you. I mean, you have a talk show. Mm -hmm. You're the producer of all the real Hollywood wives shows. Yes. Uh, you have a tour that's going on with Anderson Cooper. That's true. You have this book. I mean, yes. for a gay man, you have your finger in a lot of pies. Tell me about it. Well, that's what gay men, I mean, this is what we do. This is what we do. <laughs> how, yeah. do you, how do you juggle a schedule? Uh, like it's all fun, you know. I just have fun and uh, do my thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's great. Okay. Yes. So everybody in the media has been saying all year long yes. that this uh, election is a reality show. So I thought is, well, yes. as long as we have the major duomo of reality right. shows, right. I would have to put that question yeah. to well, you. Well, I've been watching Donald Trump, I mean, who came obviously from a reality show. And he reminds me of a first season Orange County housewife. I know you may not be familiar with the show, but he really does because they have delusions about their place in the world. They will say anything. They will say any damn thing. And there aren't always repercussions. And there's a weird phenomenon season one where they're on the show and they haven't totally figured their makeup out. And then they see themselves and they're like, oh, my God, I got to adjust it. But he keeps getting oranger. So he's still in season one of the show. It's I, I can't stop. And the debates are a whole a whole nother thing. Now, they're getting big ratings. That must make you they're, a little jealous. Well, I mean, they, 25 million people watch that first debate. It's incredible, but again... Even Housewives don't get that number, They right? don't, but they remind me of Housewives reunion shows. Yeah. Look, I mean, which I moderate. <laughs> we do these reunion shows, and right. I'm the moderator, and right. I keep waiting for the Republicans to say, you know what, let's just let Andy do this, because he knows the turf, because they're all trying to interrupt each other. Hillary, I thought, was really interesting on the Democratic debate last week sure. uh, where she was she she had that kind of tirade about uh, Wall Street and yes. 9-11 which was a Man. really uh, it was her kind of table flip moment right. if I can make a <laughs> analogy to right. Teresa Judice it was a big moment for her but if you actually listen to Teresa Judice when she flipped the table what she said didn't really make much sense and I think that was kind of the same as Hillary <laughs> but it was such a good moment That's I was like oh yeah you Know, go, Hillary. But that is so true of Pollux. You don't right. have to make sense. You just have to look like you're making exactly. sense. Exactly. Yeah. And have the emotion. We all are so hungry for emotion and realness from these so uh, is candidates. There, is there any candidate? I mean, there's now, I think we're down to 14. There were 17. Right. We lost uh, Bobby Jindal this week. Very sad. Uh, and uh, Rick Perry's out. Scott Walker is out. The, mm -hmm. uh, the fetal alcohol vote is up for grabs. Um, <laughs> Is that is that the vote that's up for grabs? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Scott Walker and Rick yes. Perry. Yeah. Yes. Um, but what, what about Lindsey Graham? Do you know who he is? You, you follow? I him? know who he is. He's John McCain's boyfriend. Right. Are they still together? Are they still together? Well, they do everything together. I right. mean, we're not right. saying they're together. Right. We're, we're just making a joke. I would like. Uh, <laughs> I gotta tell you something. Is it too late for Lieutenant Governor Newsom to step into this race? Because I am everything he says. I'm in for. But it, I, it is. It's too early. Yes. He's got. He's <laughs> got to get to be the governor yes. of California, and he's got. But yeah. I mean, he's Governor Dreamy, right? Yes, he is. Nick Dreamy. <laughs> I always call him. Yes. Governor Dreamy is out. But yeah. yeah. But uh, Lindsey Graham is yeah. the only Republican candidate, and they're all trying to out butch each other. Yeah. You know, on how yeah. to be tough. They're very tough. Yeah. Very tough. He's the only one who wants to actually send boots on the ground. You know, he's very adamant about that. We yeah. got to get into Syria yesterday yeah. with troops. Do you think he's compensating? Oh, do you think he's overcom like I'm asking the question. Right. I, I, right. Like straight guy, like guys who talk about girls I a mean, little too much. He has to be <laughs> Right. Then, uh, 
Yes, that's exactly. No, you said it. That is exactly what I bet. Well, you know, Ted Cruz, his, I realized this week, he sounds like he's uh, in regional theater, his voice. <laughs> Have you noticed this? No, I, I don't know what that listen means. To, I, what listen. does that mean, just regional li- theater? Just listen to his okay. voice. Okay. All right, so let me, uh, as long as you're talking about the politics, how do you think the, the Paris attacks are going to affect the politics of our election. Now, uh, after it happened, a lot of the pundits said, oh, well, this is going to be good for Jeb Bush and Chris Christie and the normal Republicans because people... No, no, totally wrong. Trump went up in the polls. Mr. I'll bomb the shit out of them with all his dumb ideas is doing better in America. Because Washington has, over the past 15 years, given the country failures in Iraq and Afghanistan and Libya and Syria and screw-ups of all manner when it comes to the domestic scene, Katrina, everything that's, you know, they can't even build websites right. And it's the sort of situation they look at Washington and they say... Nuts to all of you. You got to get, get everybody out. You know, we're going to go with this outsider because he says this is all bullshit, and he's right. And that, I think, is all that Trump is really going on here, and he's doing it as well as he did well, with the reality show. One of the other things, though, is that electing a president is a very deep thing. It, it's, there's, there's a lot of psychology to it. And in many ways, particularly in times of danger, you're electing your dad. You're electing someone to take care of you. And Trump comes across oh, as, as tough. <laughs> he's, he, you know, he's, his kids do he's, love him, but I he's mean, acting, come on. He's, but, no, but but so, in this, uh, you asked the question, how will this affect the election? I think it's going to play in favor of the person that comes across as as tough and 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 all of that. You know, bomb the shit out of them. I mean, that that that's a terrible idea. But right. it's, I, I, I want know. my dad to tuck me in, though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want... That's scary. Yeah, see, I, mean, I, I think it's going to be a hope versus fear election. And I think you're going to have a right. lot of candidates pushing very hard on the fear button and trying to stoke that up and say... The world is a dangerous place. It's really terrible. Convince you it's even worse than you think and offer to protect you. And we don't know. And I think a winning message can be from a candidate, as we heard from the lieutenant governor, who says, actually, I have a hopeful, progressive message. And And that is leadership. And we don't know what the issue is going to be. We don't know what the issue is going to be a year from now. But it could be anything. I take your point. A lot of people are feeling hopeless right now and helpless. And I would say it's both better and worse than you think. It's better in the sense that uh, it looks like we never stop a terrorist attack. We actually stop a lot of them. And I think the ball we have to keep our eye on is nukes. Let's not forget that there are many, many people in the world, and I'm sorry, but the vast majority of them are of the Muslim religion, who would like to kill all of us, and they don't care if they die. And the only thing that's stopping them from doing a far worse thing than Paris is access and know-how. I'm glad many that's, of them only read one book. That's that's because that, that, that's if a they, if they, the only thing that is stopping them from getting a nuclear weapon. And let me tell you, 9/11 Paris will look like nothing if there is a nuclear attack of that order goes off in a major city. Fun will be on hiatus for a generation. My concern is in the immediate softer targets. 
the fact that they're going to start going after, from my perspective, not the harder ones that we've had that we have secured today. Two guys with guns, exactly, killing 27 people at a hotel. It's it's the yes, Santa Monica Mali. Pier, it not was another LAX, attack in Mali. You know, and that's what we should be worried about, and that's what's but, tougher but to you, guard against. You, the real nightmare, though, is a is a nuclear weapon in the hold of a tramp steamer coming into the port of Miami. You're absolutely or right. Or the port of Los Angeles. And and that's uh, that's right. The, that's <clears> the big because they killed 3,000 people September 11th. If they could have killed three million, they would have. Happily. They want to. Let's not forget that. Um, you mentioned... This is a cheery concluding note for your <laughs> <last show. laughs> This is supposed it's... to be the happy part of this. Well, what? this is... Uh, this is what no, but I, I, think, I think we can be optimistic, though, because I think in the long run, I think our values actually do win the day. Right. And they win the day for a number of yeah, reasons. I, I strongly... I mean, you were talking... You were talking earlier about the difference between the experience of Muslims in Europe and the experience of Muslims here, Bill. In Europe, Muslim refugees who come to France are never going to be true Frenchmen. But if they come here, they'll be Americans. Right. Okay? right. That's one of the things that's better about our country, frankly. Frank. No, I, I strongly agree with you, Ben. Same thing in Germany. Yeah. And, I mean, in my, in my country, we have a 50-50 gender-balanced cabinet for the first time ever. That was a big deal. <laughs> and, yeah, it was a big deal. And, and, one of our and you have a very hot prime minister. I can't comment. He's my boss. I mean, let's... I'm not allowed to comment okay. on that. His wife is a very gracious, beautiful lady as well. <laughs> All right. Um, but one of our cabinet ministers, our youngest cabinet minister, uh, who is 30 years old, is Muslim. And she's actually a refugee from Afghanistan. Mm. And the mayor of Calgary, a great Canadian city, is Muslim. And I think that kind of integration really is the strongest assertion of our values possible. But see, that integration, really that integration is hard. That integration is hard. In 2011, the Obama administration had to shut down the Iraqi refugee program for six months because they discovered that about a dozen guys had gotten through who had fingerprints on IEDs trying to blow up our soldiers. I just think it's very difficult to trust this government to be very competent and, and responsible when it comes to processing. You mean the Obama people. government or just the American? The government generally, what we've seen for 20-plus years from Washington. But, okay. but, like, Ben, that is a council of despair. I mean, are you saying no one ever can come into the United States? No. No, no, not, of course so, not. So, so what are you saying? Because the, the conversation but, about the tourist visas was but, really smart. Could I, could I right? ask another question before we have run out of time? I mean, we, we were having this fundamental, really, difference about what is bigotry. I think bigotry is not asking Muslims to do more. We seem very shy. You mentioned a few minutes ago, why don't they fight their own wars? Why don't they? Mm-hmm. It's like treating them like children. Children. To me, that's, re- that's the real bigotry, is that we, we never seem to ask them to do anything. Why can't they fight ISIS? Why are Muslim armies so useless? Um, they have the troops. Yeah, but what they do, you know what they do best? They say, we'll hold your coat, contribute a little money, you do the fighting. That's got to stop. Right. And as Switch long as it. we're there, Switch it around. That's got to right. stop. We'll, we'll, give you, we'll give you money, we'll give you aid, we'll give you whatever you need. Take care of the problem yourself. Okay. Look, well, that, I, I think, Bill, you're going to have to come to Canada because that is... I'm always in Canada. Well... I was there the day before the election. By the fun? way, your attack ads are hysterical. <laughs> They're like, oh, the other guy, uh, he's a nice guy. I think I could do a little better. <laughs> That's an attack ad in Canada. <laughs> Uh, I have just one minute left before we go to new rules. I wanted to mention this for weeks, and we always run out of time. Uh, Our friend Jimmy Carter, who is a hero to me, 
one of, I think, the only American president who never fired a shot. Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's ailing, and in the summer when he got sick, he had a press conference, and they asked him what he would like to happen before his time on Earth was over, and he said, I would like the last guinea worm to die before I do, because three and a half million people, three and a half million people in Africa used to die from the guinea worm. I'm not sure what that worm does, but it's not good. Uh, water filters that Jimmy Carter and his people put in there reduced that to 126 people. Okay. So, yeah, that is very. I just think this is a better way to handle it than bombing people. <laughs> Thank you, panel. Thank you. Thank you, audience. Thank you, pal. Time for new rules, everybody. New rules. Okay. New rule, if we're going to ban people from the Middle East, can we start with the world's number one hypocrites, Saudi princes who moved to L.A. to do all the un-Islamic stuff they can't do back home? I'd rather have a hundred Syrian refugees next door than Prince Abdullah bin Douchebag. (laughs) Is that okay? Okay. All right. (laughs) New rule since last week. It was revealed that Winnie the Pooh is a girl, not a boy. Winnie must go all the way and come out as a lesbian. (laughs) Come on, it's obvious. Her face is always buried in someone else's honeypot. I scared them from booing me. It worked. (laughs) New rule. Come on. (laughs) Come on, Indonesia. I realize you're not a rich country, but you know your environmental policies are bad when people look at this river and think, great, where am I supposed to shit now? (laughs) New rule. Stop trying to make prostate massage a thing. This is the new Nexus Revo prostate massager, and if you find it at all intriguing, then you're a very different person than I am. (laughs) Nexus calls it the next step in male pleasure technology. I call it $133 worth of no thanks. The closest I get to this is every couple of years at the doctor's office, and not once have I thought, I could get used to this. (laughs) Uh, Don't keep looking at me when you do your... I'm not. I'm not not looking at all. Neural pizza boxes have to stop being racist. Look at this cardboard hate crime. It suggests that every Italian who cooks pizza has a mustache and dresses like Super Mario. (laughs) It's 2015. High-time pizza boxes reflected the guy who actually cooks my pizza. A Mexican. (laughs) And finally, new rule. I know the Constitution says there can be no religious test for holding office, but sorry, you can't get your hands on the nuclear launch codes if you own a painting of yourself with Jesus in a bathrobe. (laughs) This is a painting that hangs in Ben Carson's home, of him and Jesus apparently enjoying a spa day. (laughs) 
So, yes, you can believe whatever you want and still run for office, but it's got to work the other way, too. As a voter, it's perfectly fine for me to say, uh-uh, Dr. Giggles, <laughs> because you, sir, are a clear and present ding-dong. <laughs> Now, we here at Real Time have had our fun with Ben Carson, who seems like a decent man, so I try to overlook some of his, shall we say, unorthodox beliefs, like the pyramids are full of Cheerios. Or Or when he said that prison turns men gay, when we all know that's the Bravo Network. (laughs) (laughs) I had to put Now I know why I'm here. But Ben Carson is a Seventh-day Adventist, a religion founded in the 19th century on Pastor William Miller's guarantee that Jesus would return to Earth on October 22, 1844. Spoiler alert, he didn't. (laughs) Which you'd think would have made the followers go, well, I guess that was a bunch of bullshit. (laughs) It's like believing in the Wizard of Oz after Toto pulls back the curtain. But no, that's logical, and this is religion. Seventh-day Adventists are obsessed with the world ending and refer to the world not ending in 1844 as the great disappointment. They're disappointed that the world still exists. (laughs) I don't have to agree with a politician on everything. We could disagree on abortion, entitlements, paid sick leave the earned income tax credit. But the earth staying is kind of a deal breaker for me. (laughs) You know what my great disappointment is? That I live in a country where four out of ten people believe we're living in end times and that the stupid media never asks Jesus freaks running for office two questions. Do you believe the world is ending soon? And is that a bad thing? Because I'm the opposite of an end-timer. I'm a spend-timer. I want to spend as much time as I can on this planet. And I want some planet left for the children and grandchildren who are always kicking the back of my airplane seat. (laughs) Politicians here love to talk about fundamental differences. This is as fundamental as it gets, folks. Lamar Smith is the chairman of the House Science Committee, and he's a Christian scientist, which means he doesn't believe in science. (laughs) He wants to repeal Obamacare and replace it with prayer. John Shimkus is chairman of the House Subcommittee on the Environment, and he says, don't worry about rising sea levels, because in the Bible, God promised Noah there won't be any more floods. So what if the oceans are dying and we kill all the fish? Christ can make more. He's done it before. (laughs) No wonder nothing gets done in this country. How serious can people like this be about wanting to improve the future when they don't think we'll be around for it? A majority of evangelicals say Christ will either probably or definitely return to Earth by 2050, depending on his schedule. (laughs) So why fix the streetlights? if there's just going to be a big fight with Satan. (laughs) (laughs) Why reform health care? Why wear pants? (laughs) Ben Carson says, 
he could, quote, feel God's fingers pushing him to be president. You know what? Tell God to keep his fingers to himself. (laughs) Because we know where those fingers have been in every war in human history, from the ones he started in the Old Testament to the one that just played out in Paris. But, just in case I'm wrong about the apocalypse and the end does come while we're off, let me make sure I say it now to all my fellow liberals, who I do really love. Merry War on Christmas. <laughs> and Happy Hanukkah to all of our agents. All right, that's our show. We'll be back January 15th. I want to thank my guest, Ben Dominique, Senator... Did I get it better? Senator Angus King, Christian Freeland and Andy Cohen and Gavin Newsom. Join us now on YouTube. Thank you, folks. Catch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10 or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand. For more information, log on to HBO.com.